Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very slow. all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. (laughs) Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. There's plenty to celebrate in March and Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey, it's Tim Benz of Breakfast with Benz at Trib Live and the Pittsburgh Steelers Football Network. Be sure to check out my podcast, the Pittsburgh CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers. We dive into the betting angles for all the Pittsburgh teams. If you're from Pittsburgh or a fan of any Pittsburgh sports teams and want to become a sharper better, this is the podcast for you. So subscribe, follow, and listen to the Pittsburgh CityCast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Pittsburgh CityCast with Tim Benz, presented by Bet Rivers. Your Friday, Bet Rivers, Pittsburgh CityCast with Tim Benz and Mike Pursuta as we get set for another weekend of football, Steeler football, Sunday night. That's where we always start. The Steelers out in L.A. to play the Chargers at the new SoFi Stadium. And they are currently six-and-a-half-point underdogs at the time that Mike and I are taping. Although between now and whatever time you are listening, that line could have just wildly based on whatever COVID news comes out. I hate from a real life perspective that we're still talking about all this crap, Mike. And I hate from a gambling perspective, even more that we're talking about all this crap because boy, does it get in the way of doing some strategy, doesn't it? As if the NFL needed anything to make it even more unpredictable and uncertain and hard to figure out, you know, last weekend this, uh, Uh, played out in a fashion that's becoming all too typical. You have a nice day Saturday, you get fat, then you go out and have a couple of drinks and celebrate all those W's. And then you give a lot of it back on Sunday. And in my case, Monday night, thanks, Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford hurt me. You know who else hurt me? Tennessee winning by two and not two and a half. You know, that was the one we talked about that looked goofy on paper. 
It didn't smell right. It looked like a sucker bet. I was in a, a fine uh, establishment in Westmoreland County having a couple drinks on Saturday celebrating uh, the college success. And there was a guy across the bar and we got to talking and I mentioned that line and he said, I'm playing New Orleans. And I said, why would you do that? And he said, because it just doesn't look right. I don't have the courage. Every time. Every like, time. I can call I can call those lines out, but I don't have the courage of my convictions to to bet them just because they don't look right. That doesn't seem like enough of a reason to me. But right. I'm, and nobody could come up with a reason why it didn't look right, or else I would have jumped on it because it seems so screwy to me, too. I also thought the Rams in the chart, the 49ers was screwy. Well, the 49ers, in retrospect, they just did something that I didn't know you were allowed to do. They decided their quarterback wasn't very good, so they were just going to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, and they they wanted to run the ball so much to him, they even put a wide receiver in the backfield and handed it to him and had him run the ball, and Debo Samuel didn't have a problem with that. And, oh, by the way, you kept the other team's really good quarterback off the field and playing from behind and befuddled. Who knew that that was an approach they take in the National Football League? They don't do it here. Detroit did it here. Maybe not, not even enough for their taste, Mike, to be honest with you. Looking back on it, maybe if they run more, they win. Who knows? Maybe. It's funny. That guy that uh, got two carries and had one of them for 14 yards and another one for 42 yards and a touchdown, he didn't get the ball again the rest of the game. I guess he was tired. Ran through too many Steelers tackles, which is becoming a huge issue. And you know what else is becoming a huge issue? Forget the run defense. We all know the run defense is spotty. That's been proven over and over again by lesser teams like, you know, the Seattle Seahawks uh, without their best running back, the Detroit Lions without any really good running backs or, uh, frankly, some of their offensive linemen too, for that matter. But now they're facing good quarterbacks, Mike. I mean, you look at this unbeaten streak the Steelers have been on over the five games that they have uh, played since going one and three, that they've at least tied and won uh, all five games. They're 4 0 and 1. And I bet you, if you look really hard at it, Baker Mayfield's the best quarterback they've faced. Well, he's better, than, he's better than Geno Smith. Teddy he's Bridgewater. Better, he's better than Justin Fields right now. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, I think, is a little underrated even by me, but I don't think he's certainly an upper echelon quarterback in the NFL. Uh, he's not a bottom feeder either. I mean, teams are one within the last couple of years, but Jerry yeah. Goff. Point is well taken. Uh, let's see how they do against Justin Herbert, the guy who could be playing quarterback for the Steelers Sunday night, if not for the Minka Fitzpatrick trade. I don't know if they would have had the guts to pull the trigger on that, though, Mike. Do you? If they I didn't don't. Tra- I, I, I don't think that they would have. I don't think that they would have kicked Ben to the curb and replaced Rudolph all in one fell swoop coming off of that season if they knew that Ben Roethlisberger was deciding to come back from surgery, which he was. Yeah, see, I don't think they would have kicked Ben to the curb. I, I think Herbert would not have played as a rookie, but I think it would have been oh so easy this year to tell Ben, hey, you're done. You know, they tried to, to, to hint at him that they'd rather he not return. You know, they got rid of his buddy, the offensive coordinator, and they cut his salary, and they brought in a guy who does a bunch of stuff that he doesn't really like to do or is especially effective at doing, but he wouldn't go away. I think if they had Justin Herbert waiting in the wings and uh, learning through that redshirt rookie season, they would have just said, you know what, bye-bye. But uh didn't work out that way, and uh, they did get a great safety in that trade, Minka Fitzpatrick, but – uh, I noticed they haven't won any playoff games since they made that trade. I know she now, hasn't had an interception this year either. Now they don't have uh, 
any playoff wins in the last couple of years. And, uh, they're probably uh, wondering what they're going to do about quarterback next year, but that is next year's problem. Did you see the uh, story in the athletic where somebody intimated that they wouldn't be shocked if Roethlisberger ended up in either green Bay or new Orleans next season? Well, I would be shocked if he plays for anybody next season. I, I think he knows he's uh, very near the end as well as everybody else. Not that, you know, they can't win with him right now. I mean, uh, there's, there's a, a blueprint for them. I mean, everything's got to kind of go according to the plan, but he's still very effective at managing the game and doing those subtle little things that, that help uh, tip a play. Uh, you know, you can think of his ability to pump at the goal line, which we saw in Cleveland and against Chicago, the, the moving of Najee Harris from the right side of the line to the left to give him just enough time to throw it to Pat Fryermuth. Uh, you know, subtle. I've been doing this a long time and I know how to, kind of massage of things that Mason Rudolph just is not capable of doing right now. And unfortunately for the Steelers, I think they need those things to win, but uh, the physical limitations and the wear and tear, you know, these uh, having last uh, Sunday off and maybe having this Sunday off might get them to the end of this season, but uh, it, it's, it still comes down to 39 and next year he's going to be 40. Uh, as they like to say in life, Tim, you're not getting any younger. Well, tying the Lions might make the end of the season come a lot quicker, at least one more week, because I could see that tie hanging over them akin to what we saw with Cleveland back in 2018. Or it might work out in their favor the way the AFC North's going. Maybe not losing is uh, a bonus on a weekend. I, I would prefer winning to not losing. Well, I would too. <laughs> Especially but on a, against that team. On a weekend when nobody else in Division One, you know, what do they say about the uh, one-eyed guy in the land of the blind? He's king, Tim. Uh, yeah, well, we can look at with one eye at the AFC in a little bit. Uh, I want to finish your thought, though, about Roethlisberger because I do think not only the more subtle points, Mike, that you bring up, the difference between Roethlisberger and Rudolph. Like, it was kicked around a lot at the early stages of the season when the Steelers were particularly bad at one and three and the offense was really struggling. Like, if Ben were to get benched or if Ben were to get hurt, would it be all that much of a difference anyway between him and Rudolph? Be a huge difference. I think if Ben Roethlisberger plays that game, they don't even get to overtime. Oh, they, I don't think I don't think there's any doubt. And even he, the Buffalo game, you know, they didn't light it up, but he was able to execute that last drive that uh, gave them breathing room at the end. It just he's able to do things when they need to be done, and his body of work is not going to look spectacular. You know, the passer rating is probably going to stay in the middle of the pack or the, or the middle lower part of the pack all year. He's not going to go out there and throw for 400 yards, but he, he knows how to win games. I'll give him that. Uh, he knows how to play the position and he's playing it at a winning level beyond uh, the best of what he's had to offer this league physically. Uh, there's, there's a lot of value in that. And he deserves a lot of credit for that, but even that can only last so long. He would have hit Ray Ray uh, McLeod in the end zone. I know that he would probably yeah. duff that throw. And I don't think he would have duffed the throw to Deontay Johnson either uh, in the third quarter. Those were two egregious misses from Rudolph, but enough about crying over that spilled milk. Let's cry over crying into our beer, which is what I think will be happening for Steelers fans at the end of this game against the chargers. I think the Steelers are missing too much. Obviously the chargers personnel wise, they're missing guys too. And as we alluded to at the outset of the podcast here, Brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the app today or go to betrivers.com. Um, we don't know what's going on with uh, the Chargers lineup, too, as far as the COVID situations go. But, 
my hunch is of the options that you could play on this, meaning, you know, the line, the over under the money line. I think the under at 47 looks really good to me. I I think the Steelers are going to come out and try to run. I think they're going to shorten this game. Uh, I'm almost inclined to think that the chargers with the average air yards that they don't want to seem to give to Justin Herbert, they might want to run because of the, rush yards the Steelers have allowed I don't see this being a game Mike where the scoreboard is lit up how about you probably not just so many variables from Roethlisberger to Bosa to Watt Uh, the Chargers have other defensive line issues they've got uh, some safety concerns but yeah I think I mean if the Steelers don't run and run and run this time there ought to be an investigation Uh, I know Detroit had the 31st ranked run defense but the Lions also have a secondary that is putrid. So, uh, you know, without the weather factor that it became as the game played out on Sunday, we were talking here last week. I, I, I wouldn't have had a problem with them throwing it. Uh, the Lions, uh, not good enough cornerbacks and not good enough safeties. But you look at that Chargers team, look at that secondary. Uh, Derwin James is a really good player. Uh, Asante Samuel is a really good rookie cornerback. Chris Harris is a veteran nickel who, you know, he's not uh, all pro, but he knows how to play and he's had a lot of success in the league. So really the strength of that Chargers defense is the back end. The problems are on the front end. Uh, If the Steelers, if if Matt Cannon is not seeing everything uh, that has conspired to become this huge neon sign that says run the ball this time, will you? Um, You know, there ought to be an investigation. I love individual prop bets, whatever you can find on Najee Harris. Take them because I think they have to get that message, Mike. I think they're going to go heavy. I think you're going to see Zach Banner as an extra offensive lineman. I think you're going to see, hey, it's a Derek Watt revenge game. Maybe even Derek gets a carry or two. (laughs) I'd forgotten completely about that, mostly because I've forgotten completely about Derek Watt. Yeah, well, he's going to get, he might get more reps than the other Watt. What are you hearing about TJ? Not hearing anything, but uh, I got a funny feeling he plays. You got a funny uh, feeling he plays, huh? Yes. Yes, I do. And he didn't practice again today for the second consecutive day. But, um, you know, when Mike Tomlin talked prior to the season opener against Buffalo about how you don't apply normal human being standards to TJ Watt because he's just one of those special people, I thought, ah, that's a nice way to pump his tires and, you know, uh, pat the all-pro guy that you're counting on to lead your defense on the head and pump him up. Uh, but he, he went out against Buffalo and played ball. And, uh, you know, he's, he's played ball and got the injury early in the season, but, uh, you know, his phantom training camp didn't affect him. Uh, if they didn't have surgery this week, then I think he's going to play on Sunday. I just, uh, guys, uh, I've been doing this a long time. I haven't seen many like him, Tim. The COVID situations aside, I think the under is the best play. Um, if I had to make a choice right now, um, I don't know that the money line to me is the safest between taking that or taking the, or giving the minus six and a half, I would take the money line on the chargers. I think the chargers win. I don't know about that point spread yet, but I'm leaning LA. What are you doing? Uh, They play a lot of close games. The chargers. Um, Yeah. They they don't beat too many people by more than a touchdown and they haven't beaten too many people at all of late. Um, They've lost three or four, right? So if you want to take the points and, 
The maybe, let, play- maybe let that sneak up north of seven and then jump on the uh, dog there. That would, would be my suggestion. Yeah, I think the smartest thing to do right now is wait until about, oh, I don't know, eight o'clock on Sunday night before you put your money down or at least see who's active and who isn't, see where the line is and just like literally when the inactives come out, that's when you pounce. Or if you get some, if we get good intel from the network guys or from the team outlets that say, hey, Watt isn't playing or Watt is playing, Ben isn't playing, Mason is starting, uh, let that be your guide. Might uh, know to- a little more as of this afternoon, but yeah, I, it, it certainly bears study and uh, all information that uh, you can possibly obtain. Let me say this. If you are of the opinion by the time kickoff hits that these two teams are relatively even based on who is playing and who isn't from either side, if it's even to you, I probably take the points. I probably yeah. take the six and a half for the Steelers. That would be my suggestion. And if you can get, if you can get that around a touchdown or a little North of that, however, uh, you know, by all means, because uh, again, Chargers don't blow anybody out. And uh, I, I don't think they're all of a sudden going to feast on the Steelers, particularly if Roethlisberger plays. This is the first of seven games remaining. The Steelers have eight left, but seven of the eight feature quarterbacks who are in the top 12 of passing. Lamar Jackson twice, and then five other guys. The only guy that isn't in that group, Mike, is Baker. Like we said, Baker might be the best of the quarterbacks they faced during their unbeaten streak. He's probably the worst of the quarterbacks that they'll see moving forward. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we can think what we want about Ryan Tannehill, but he has statistic success and he has uh, success on the scoreboard with that team. I'm still not buying it, but uh, maybe I'm going to have to by the time the Steelers play the Titans. Uh, I still think Patrick Mahomes is Springsteen, although even with his big game against the Raiders, he was trying some stuff that uh, was making me shake my head that he got away with. Uh, But your point is well taken. Uh, this is a bad game not to have Minka Fitzpatrick. Yeah. Yeah, especially if they decide to let Herbert pump it deep, which they haven't been doing. And, Mike, they haven't been doing that. It would be a, it would be a really good game to have T.J. Watt because the right side of their line has struggled protecting Herbert. And that's where T.J. Watt lines up. Yeah, they kind of have – they were having some problems against Minnesota and they started moving the, the pocket a little bit, which you can do with Herbert because of his mobility and – uh, that got him some success early in the second half, but uh, ultimately not enough. Uh, that defense isn't very good. Uh, it's not just the run defense, but uh, there are some playmakers, guys I mentioned, the secondary people. And, uh, they've got uh, a second-year linebacker, uh, Kenneth Murray, who uh, was just back from injury against Minnesota. He's a lighter guy, but more of today's kind of run and hit and do a lot of things. Uh, I think it's going to be a really interesting game. Uh, tough one to get a read on, though. Uh, you also factor in the uh, hidden vigorous of the Steelers having gone out there and having won with uh, Michael Vick and Duck Hodges. I know that's uh, <laughs> history, not prophecy, but uh, boy. And, that and ha- they polished, remember, they polished off a game with Charlie Batch, too. If that lightning could strike twice, it could strike again. Yeah, that game where Ben Roethlisberger got his knee collapsed by Luis Castillo and route to the Super Bowl in his second year. Remember that one? I don't remember that one, but I'll take your word for it. 24-22 on Monday Night Football, and uh, at the end of the game, Castillo crashed into his knee. They had to replace him. They carted him off. Um, He came out in crutches and a boot or whatever after that game, but Charlie Batch basically came in, handed it off like six straight times to Bettis, and Jeffrey kicked a 40-yard field goal. 
and they end up winning the game. So there have been some crazy screwy endings between Steelers and Chargers. The one yeah, here. Yeah, when, when you bring that up, the one I remember is the one where Troy Polamalu scored the touchdown and they end up further reviewing it into not a touchdown. And I left the press box thinking I had a cover. And then we're interviewing the coach in the room and I'm looking up at the TV and I'm scrunching up my like that score's wrong. What, what is that crap? <laughs> and, and then I find out I didn't win, and that's why I probably forgot about Charlie Batch's game. No offense to Charlie Batch. <laughs> that other one cost me effing money. 11 to 6 was the score of that one, and then we had the goofy game here. where it was, Scott what, Green was the name of the referee. That I remember. 18, the 18-point comeback for uh, Phillip Rivers and company here a couple years ago. When they were, uh, that was the first of the tackles jumping the snap count. Yes. They were, way, they were way ahead of the curve on that BS. Exactly. S- Sam Tevy moved so early, he was offsides from the previous game. That's how quickly he started going. <laughs> we'll come on back and we'll do uh, our second segment. We'll look at the rest of the National Football League. We'll focus on the AFC North and uh, give you some sweetheart spreads that we like coming back here on the Bet Rivers Pittsburgh City Cast. Bet River Sportsbook wants you to be in control of your football bets. That's why players love the same game parlays at Bet Rivers. Same game parlays let you mix and match player props and game bets and gives a payout boost to the winning combinations you want to root for. Combine two bets or combine many. You pick your confidence level and then watch the game unfold. Bet on same game parlays at BetRivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app. Presented by Rivers Casino Pittsburgh. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Second segment of the Pittsburgh CityCast on a Friday. We'll talk college football in a minute. Might work in some Penguins hockey as well. Maybe even a little college basketball here and there uh, as we wrap up the show. But let's get to the NFL right now, Mike, and uh, look at some of the other lines. And we'll start off with the AFC North, the other teams in it. Cleveland right now, uh, this is kind of an interesting one because they're playing the same team the Steelers just played in the Detroit Lions. Jared Goff, for as bad as he might be, banged up with the rib problem. Blah might start, or the the third guy might start. I don't know. I'm a little lost there. But I know that Cleveland is an 11-point favorite. Not often do you see an 11-point favorite for a team that just came off a 45-7 beatdown. Not often, but Tim, your Detroit Lions are a rare team. Uh, (laughs) I think I told you last week they got a shot to run the table without winning any. That's still alive. And by the way, congratulations to you. On the eight, eight, and one prediction, we yes. did a show this spring. It's in, it's in play, Mike. It's. In I was play. laughing as most people were. I'm sure you meant it as mostly a joke. Mostly, but at the same time, I could see it. I was squinting hard enough. I could see it. Boy, would that be appropriate? Would it not? Eight, yeah. eight, and one for Mike Tomlin. I, I, I would. Yinzer Nation wouldn't know whether to cry <laughs> or wind its watch. To quote our uh, retired colleague Mike Lang. Uh, I'm, I'm going to bet Cleveland on this one. Remember the, a couple of weeks ago in college, I had the grudge bet Wisconsin and Purdue. Yes. After Purdue screwed me against Iowa. I think the Lions are still wretched. And uh, I don't care even who's playing for the Browns. I think they're a pretty good team still. It's in Cleveland. They run the ball. I've seen them run it with Dearness Jackson or Johnson or Johnson, whatever, that, yes. whatever the hell his name is. Uh, I don't know if Chubb's playing or he's not. I think Detroit stinks, Tim. Stinks. I think you're right. I, I think you're right. And um, I'm going to tip my cap to my cousin, Julie, because she was in this movie and had this line delivered to her from the great Jack Nicholson. What if this is as good as it gets for the Detroit lions? What if that was as good as it was going to get? Is that from the movie? As good as it gets? Yes. Yes, it is. 
you know, there's another, there's a couple more great lines in that movie. Um, he's he's the writer in that, right? How do you write women so well? I take a man. I, I, I think of a man, and I remove reason and accountability. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, women listening. We're just kidding. We like that was women. another line. That was another line delivered to Julie in the same scene. So there you go. Wow. There's another one. There's probably his best line ever is from uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, but I don't think we can get away with that even in a podcast. <laughs> but I think you know the one I'm talking about. I do know the one you're talking about. Um, <laughs> it's when the psychiatrist is interviewing him about Nurse Ratchet. Yes. As bad as the Lions are, I don't know. Like, if you look at 0-16-1, and 1, in a way, does that hurt even more than 2008 being 0-16? I don't know. That's something that... <laughs> <laughs> I never thought to pot, you know, uh, they stink. Let's leave it there. They stink. They stink. They stink. What do you think about the Bengals right now? Uh, I am not sure what to make of the Bengals nor the Raiders, but I have my eye on that game because I think 50 is too low. I'll buy into that. I'll go on the over with you. And- They're hard to figure, but they both got quarterbacks. They both got receivers. Yeah. In, in Vegas, drive fast track. They both got tight ends who can catch the ball that they like to throw to. I'm with you, and if you made me pick right now, I'd take the Raiders, but I do think the over is the smarter play there. Uh, What about the Ravens who get the team that we saw most recently for their most recent game, too, because they're coming off a bye, the Bears. Baltimore in Chicago, minus five points is what I'm looking at right now with an over-under of 45. Uh, You know, depending on weather, over 45. I love that one too. This is kind of an over week for me uh, for what it's worth. I haven't but, had uh, a lot of those this year, but yeah, I'm with you. I kind of like the bears coming out of the bye. I think Justin Fields turned the corner. I think he's going to uh, start attacking with confidence. I think the Ravens defense is really bad. Uh, I don't think, uh, you know, what Miami did with all the blitzing to Lamar Jackson. Uh, I don't know if Chicago's capable of that, but um I don't think the Ravens are going to suddenly stop scoring points just because they had a bad night in Miami, but I haven't liked their defense all year. And, uh, you know, David Montgomery played a few snaps against the Steelers. Did he not? Uh, but I'm a big Justin Fields fan. I was before the Steeler game. I just didn't think it would necessarily happen that night, but, uh, I thought all along, uh, that he's going to be a great quarterback in this league. And I think his, his transition is accelerated and, uh, you know, 45, sales passed it right two really good kickers in that game again the conditions got to be okay i'm not so much worried about cold but uh wind and precipitation could alter that we spoke a little bit about games that smelled funny to us last week like why is the line so low do you feel that way at all about packers minus two against the vikings or is that appropriately set i feel no i think it's appropriately set you know um my method for preparing for Steeler games every week is to tape the team that the Steelers are going to play next and then watch that game on Monday or Tuesday. So I watched chargers, Minnesota from last Sunday on Tuesday and Tim, honest to God, my, my hottest take to myself watching that game was how have the Vikings not won more games? I think they're pretty good. They worry me for sure with the Steelers going out there on Thursday oh, night. Oh, you should be afraid. Yeah. My guy, Kirk Cousins, has stopped throwing interceptions this year. They're pretty good. Midweek game, you know, not with all the other high concentration AFC North, AFC wild card showdowns that they have. It just, it feels like a pitfall. 
And yeah. uh, I think the Vikings are decent. I, I, I do. I think it's a toss-up game as far as who wins, but 47 and a half, Tim? Over. Over. You know, Rodgers on the Packers, though, like they feel to me like the most consistent, maybe the most consistent team in football. Like when he's been their quarterback, I feel like I know what I'm going to get for them. Aside from the opener, they stunk in the opener. But since then, they've been the most consistent team. And I still feel good about minus two there. I'm going to take the Packers in this game for as much as you might like the Vikings. I'm going to take the Packers. And I I look at everybody else who stumbled and had bad losses. And every other bet on the board is like about trust to me. Like, should I trust the Titans to be 10 points better than the Texans? I think that I should. But boy, they screwed me last week, right? Yeah. Texans are... It, they're having a few drinks with the lions after the games are played every Sunday. <laughs> oh, that didn't bad. go very well. Oh, I feel you, brother. Boy, did we get our asses kicked? Yeah. I'll tell you, we were never in that one. I mean, you know, misery loves company. Um, I'm, I'm with you on green Bay. Obviously the game Rogers didn't play, you know, is an outlier, but that's one of those division games. And again, I, I, I was curious about Minnesota. That's the first time I got a real look at them. Um, in any detail, and I'm impressed. So I, I'm not going to pick a winner in that game. Uh, if it was up to me, they'd be playing in that, you know, Viking ship stadium, and uh, the horn would be uh, blasting <laughs> for everybody's points, not just not just the first down. <laughs> just you know, I, I want to hear that as much as I like to hear uh, Todd Rundgren in Green Bay and Cincinnati when I bet overs. Uh, um, how about Tampa and the Giants on Monday night? The Buccaneers have stumbled a bit here lately. They're going to beat the Giants. Are they going to do it by 11? It feels like a get-right game for uh, Brady and B.A., doesn't it? And I, we've been talking about how we don't trust them on the road. Now they're back home. They've been scuffling. Um, it's a big number, but, uh, you know, we'll see how the weekend goes. Uh, sometimes I'm doing nothing on Monday but sifting through the rubble and you know, <laughs> trying to see if there's anything worth salvaging. But if it's a good weekend, oh, yeah, you pile on Tampa. And, uh, you know, if you're going to hate Tom Brady, at least he can make some money for you, right? Here's the one over on the board where I wonder if the number scares you off of it. Dallas and KC. No, absolutely absolutely not. No, go over. Uh, I'm still not buying that Chiefs defense. Are you buying that their offense has been fixed enough, though? Well, they're pretty good. They're, you know, they were unrecognizable for a while. They're becoming closer to that. But I think I, I mentioned, uh, I don't know if it was these shows are starting to run together, but they always do. Uh, Springsteen took some chances in that uh, in that last Chiefs game, uh, even though they had their way with the Raiders. He got away with some stuff and he may score some points for the Chiefs and he may score some points for the Cowboys or at least set some up. But yeah, it's at Kansas City. So let's see what the Mother Nature has in store. Isn't but, that often uh, your Chris Letang school of betting? Yeah. When he's on the ice, the puck tends to go in the net. He just um, doesn't matter which net. If you bet the over, you care not, right? <laughs> Anything else on the NFL board that you like? Anything else that you're just looking at and saying, I'm staying as far away from that as I possibly can? No, we hit them all. I wrote six down, and, and you hit every one of them. Uh, I'm, I'm not as confident with the NFL right about now as I am with college, but uh, that doesn't mean I'm not playing. I would like – you know, I might be tempted on the Saints getting to at Philly. I hate the Saints because I can't figure them out. Yeah, they are tough. And I just don't think the Eagles are that good. Uh, they've been better than other bad teams. 
How about San Francisco covering a touchdown at Jacksonville? They can do that. Short week, I know, but I guess I just I both teams I are pus, so stay away. I, I don't have a high opinion of the Niners, and I don't want to change that all of a sudden just because they kicked my ass Monday night. All right, when we come back, we'll look at the uh, college ranks. We'll also get into maybe some college basketball. We'll kick around some hockey as well. This is the Pittsburgh CityCast brought to you by Bet Rivers. Go to BetRivers.com or download the app today. Bet Rivers Sportsbook wants you to be in control of your football bets. That's why players love the same game parlays at Bet Rivers. Same game parlays let you mix and match player props and game bets and gives a payout boost to the winning combinations you want to root for. Combine two bets or combine many. You pick your confidence level and then watch the game unfold. Bet on same game parlays at betrivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app. Presented by Rivers Casino Pittsburgh. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. The VSIN midseason football special is here. Put the VSIN betting experts to work for you from now through February for only $99. Daily best bet emails, 24 7 video streaming, betting splits for every sport, point spread weekly, plus in depth data and analysis on vsin.com. Sign up today at vsin.com slash subscribe and get everything we have to offer for the rest of the football season for only $99. That's vcin.com slash subscribe. Let's look at some college football for tomorrow's action before we wrap things up. Uh, Mike, the Pitt Virginia line keeps going up, up, up. 14 and a half now against the Cavaliers. I think Pitt wins this one. I think their opportunity to pit for a second time this year came and went when the skies opened up when North Carolina had the ball second in overtime. I mean, it was raining hard when Kenny Pickett threw the ball to crawl for the touchdown. It was inconceivably bad when North Carolina took over just a minute later. I think that certainly helped them, and uh, they managed to avoid their usual pit loss on a Thursday night against the Tar Heels. Um, I also think that they win this game against Virginia and sadly, I don't think Syracuse lines up in a way that can really threaten them because all Syracuse does is hand the ball to their running back and uh, pick and stop that. So I think they win their division. I'm with you. And uh, first, let me say, uh, I did not follow you on the Syracuse cover train to Louisville. Good, good. Uh, last Saturday was one of those days. It, it, everything just fell into place. I had Michigan over Penn State. We talked about that. Um, didn't work, play out the way I thought it would, but it, it worked out. I uh, told you Maryland's not competitive against good Big Ten teams, which Michigan State is, and that would probably be an over. That hit twice. Notre Dame kicked the crap out of Virginia. Uh, Georgia kicked the crap out of Tennessee. And the Ohio State University in Purdue, over uh, almost by halftime, uh, laugher in terms of the over. So that was my Saturday, uh, and I'm riding a lot of those same trains uh, this week, uh, including the Pitt Panthers. Um, I'm with you on getting over the hump against Carolina. Maybe not. They're not looking at it as, wow, we didn't pit, but you know, it was a tough game. They got through it and almost blew it, but didn't. And now it, it's right there for the taking for them. Uh, last home game, Kenny Pickett, uh, continues to be mentioned, uh, for the Heisman and the Johnny Unitas golden arm award and all the things that he's achieving and he's breaking records. And 
I had Notre Dame against Virginia. I watched some of that game. That is a dispirited bunch of Cavaliers or Wahoos or whatever they're calling themselves. <laughs> uh, yeah, 14 and a half is a big number, but I'm going to give it. Mike, you guys aren't 19 points worse than Ohio State, are you? Might be, but the overs is key there, Tim. Again, it's my <laughs> it's my over week. It's only 68 and a half. Um, if we give them a game, it's not going to be because we beat them 10 7 or something. I love like you that. guys on this. Well, here's how Michigan State would not be. Ohio State is a really good offense. And Michigan State gives up a ton of yards, but what the Spartans have done way more often than not this year is get the critical sack, the critical turnover, hold you to three in the red zone. Uh, something that does not allow yards gained to translate into points. If that doesn't happen, the Buckeyes are going to light them up like a Christmas tree. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Buckeyes are still going to score. I'm thinking this one's probably Ohio State 50-something, Michigan State high 20s or low 30s. So the 19 makes me a little bit nervous. uh, But over 68 and a half, game's over when the two teams are getting off the buses. Do we think Clemson is fixed? Because they haven't lost since Pitt. They beat Florida State 30-20. to They beat Louisville 30-24. to They beat UConn 44-7. to Ooh. And Wake is going on the road to play Clemson. And Wake is getting four and a half. Um, I don't think Clemson's that fixed yet. Do you? I don't. But I don't know if I really trusted Wake throughout this magical season. They score, Clemson doesn't, 57 and a half. I don't know. I mean, like, I'll take the points. I might even go money line on that one. I, I'm not convinced from what I saw of Clemson. Now, granted, now, Tim, I haven't watched them Tim, since. Tim, back up. What have I told you about money lines when you're getting points? No, I'm going to take the points. I'm going to take the okay. points of this one because it could come down to a heartbreaking field goal. You're right. right. but Just bet more on and take the points. It, exactly. You know, I know everybody wants, I said they were going to win and they won. What if they lose by three? Don't you feel like an idiot? I felt like an idiot when the Tennessee Titans lost by two instead of two and a half. I know that. Um, Is this a typical Penn State 17 and a half point game at home against Rutgers? This was screwy because uh, I'm staying away on this one. Rutgers has shown some capability to score points at times. Penn State, I don't know if that was the knockout punch, that Michigan game. Penn State was really controlling it for the vast majority of it and still playing from behind and then got beat on a 48-yard shallow cross to a backup tight end. Um, But the Rutgers defense and the Michigan defense are two decidedly different things. So I I don't know if Penn State's gassed or – if this is one of those James Franklin games to well, rise that's what up, I was getting at, yeah. rise up. Uh, th- there's other ones I like better than that. So I'm, you know, I'll what leave else, it what else do you I'll like better? It. Anything else we haven't talked about yet? Uh, over in the Ohio state, uh, Michigan state game really on that uh, Michigan, Maryland, again, same philosophy as when Maryland played Michigan state last week. It's a 15 point line. Maryland has not been competitive in its big 10 losses. Uh, every time it's played a good big 10 team, it has not been competitive and Michigan qualifies as such Michigan state really gave baby two a fits with its rush. And Michigan has a better rush than Michigan state. I'm not saying Michigan is a better team than Michigan mm-hmm. state because Michigan clearly is not. Uh, we found that out uh, in late October in East Lansing, Michigan, but uh, I don't see Maryland coming within 15 of Michigan. Here's one. I really want to bet this game. 
Wisconsin is giving Nebraska nine. Now I, Nebraska, see, I see it at eight and a half, but okay. Eight and a half, whatever. Um, Nebraska, I like to make fun of the quarterback because he's a turnover machine. Nebraska's having a horrible year, one and six, Big Ten, three and seven overall. And Wisconsin, Tim, uh, the Badgers played Notre Dame early, Penn State early, and Michigan early and lost all those games. And there was a tendency, I think, to just kind of dismiss Wisconsin. Okay, overrated it at the start, weren't that good. Uh, 35-7 over Northwestern last week, 52-3 over Rutgers, 27-7 over Iowa, 30-13 over Purdue in the grudge bet. Yes, uh, yes. But Bucky's figured it out. Um, Bucky was supposed to be pretty good at the start of the year. Bucky's pretty good again. Bucky is still playing for that Big Ten West title. It's in a real good – the Badgers are in a real good position. Uh, don't know if I'm going to give the nine because Nebraska's been sneaky – competitive especially against some of the better big 10 teams but you know they've already started to blow up the coaching staff at the very least i'm going money line and it's minus uh what is it uh three and a half uh something of that nature i don't have it in front of me here oh the money line in that game it's uh, yeah 435 oh, that's, it, okay that's a big money line yeah but, but i see eight and a half over uh, under is 41 and a half I am playing Wisconsin in some way, shape, or form. You playing the over too? Keep with the theme of the over weekend? No, because I think Wisconsin might go in there and shut them out or hold them to three. Okay. All right. Um, here are two that influenced the college football playoff results. Yeah. For Cincinnati, 11 point favorites against SMU. Alabama, 21 point favorites against Arkansas. Either of those lines too big for the two favorites? Uh, I'm staying away from the Cincinnati game, but I'm probably going to play Alabama. And I know last week was another one of those uh, JV games for Alabama. But uh, the Crimson Tide, uh, starting to look like the Crimson Tide again. I think this is Nick Saban's time of the year. Uh, just to make sure, you know, because he might have to make an argument to get into the playoff as a two-loss yeah. team. I don't think he's going to have to make a real strong argument because I think Alabama will, in fact, be the first two-loss team to make the playoff if uh, it comes to that, but uh, I don't like that Arkansas club very much. 21. Eh, that's doable. But Oregon and Utah. That's interesting. It is, but not as interesting as Notre Dame minus 17 hosting Georgia tech. Oh, you're going to take Notre Dame in that one. Yes, I am. Did I mention how uh, dispirited Virginia looked? Uh, Notre Dame has cranked it up of late 34, six over Navy 28 to three over Virginia. Hell, even Rudy got a sack against Georgia Tech, Tim. <laughs> if you're coming down to making your bets on what Rudy did, then I am a little bit nervous. <laughs> well, you know, you look, you find something that helps you talk yourself into stuff. So Oregon, I mentioned them. They're still 9-1. and one. They haven't lost since the Stanford game. Uh, I know it was close against Washington State. I know it was pretty close against Washington. Um, I, I like Oregon getting the 3.5 against Utah. They're still playing for it, so I'm going to take Oregon there. Yeah, I think I, I think I would be with you there if I trusted uh, West Coast football, which I don't. But <laughs> just in general, just by yeah. rule. Yeah, just. But I think Oregon. I think Oregon's in a position if it just wins out and Ohio State doesn't slip on a banana peel. I think both of those teams make the playoff. How much hockey and college basketball you been doing? I haven't been doing a ton of hockey, but I've been watching it. And uh, the Penguins, Tim, now they're playing. Uh, they played last night. We're uh, right. We are taping this in advance of the Canadians game. We're taping on a Thursday to broadcast for uh, a Friday morning. But going into this Canadians game, 
two, six and two in their last 10 games. Hadn't won in regulation since October the 23rd against Toronto and 20 goals scored in 10 games. I watched that game the other night against Buffalo and yeah, they dominated the third period and they dominated the shots on goal throughout. They dominated statistically. They can't score, Tim. No, they can't. They haven't been able to score in the last three postseasons either. Uh, you know, I know Sidney Crosby's going to get a little better uh, as he works his way back. And I know that uh, they got off that 0 for 28 power play, Schneid. But uh, I think the Penguins have given us a lot of information so far that they are not a very good hockey team. I think the smartest thing to do hockey-wise is just do the anti-bets just bet against Arizona, bet against Ottawa whenever they're allowed to play again, bet against the Canadians, um, bet against the Kraken, bet against, well, let's see. Actually, you know what? Chicago started to turn it around a little bit. They're not the yeah, money maker. Coaching change made a little difference, right? Yeah, they're, they're not no, the I'm money sorry. maker. They didn't make the, did they change coaches or was it just Florida? Uh, well, I don't the, even. Chicago was the front office stuff. Yes. Yeah. But, uh, you know, maybe they're coming out from that rigmarole and and sort of back on the rails but they've won again at the time that we're taping anyway four in a row but i i kind of apply my baseball school of thought from this past summer forget who i like that well. school of thought i just i like the negativity of it yes attack those who stink you know if you lose 55 or 60 times in a hockey season you stink if you lose 100 times in a baseball season you stink and sometimes in these sports, uh, being bad is more consistent than those who are being good. College basketball, I'm still figuring out, Mike, it's going to be a hard year to bet college basketball. This transfer portal has screwed everything up. It, it's hard to see who's good. You know, it's changed the game in football, too. And uh, I, I've always, uh, right or wrong, I've always felt better about conference playing college basketball. I, I think uh, – non-conference especially the good teams that they, they play these uh made for tv games at neutral sites or tournaments yeah. or i just it makes me nervous um uh, I, I like i like to get a bead on conferences and then kind of jump jump in hard in uh, february getting ready for march madness all right that'll do it for us uh you can hear mike on the dve pregame show uh so what is it for you then mike 6 30 right 6 30 start time for the network yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah, because I think I'm going on at 4.30, so that means you're on at 6.30. And listen to Mike on the DVE morning show. Going Can I say the- one other thing? I am yeah. not going to be waiting all day for Sunday night. I'm going to be watching the other games and gambling. I think that song is stupid. At least Carrie Underwood sings it, and she makes it look good, even if it doesn't sound good. It doesn't sound <laughs> I, I I got a lot of stuff to do on Sundays. All right, we'll be back with Mike next week as well here in the Pittsburgh CityCast. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's KidSafe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. 
Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Com slash compatibility.